Jen, I have a joke for you to start this one out. Oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I love jokes. Let's see. I don't have this written down, so let's see if I can get it right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Goblin. Goblin who? Goblin up this dick. Red flags. But okay, podcast beginning in five, four, three, two, one. Hello. Hello. Oh, we both did it at the same time. Thanks. You owe me a Coke. Guess you have to come back to America. You can have this one that I'm drinking. (laughs) Diet Coke. I'm not a heathen. So, Jen, who are we? I'm Jen. I'm Kate. Oh, and this is weird flex, (laughs) but okay. That's what you meant by who are we? We're so rusty at this. Who are we as a whole? <laughs> as a unit, we are weird flex, but okay. And that's the podcast where we tell you stuff and you listen to us tell you stuff. Yep. It's pretty cool. It may, yeah. Maybe stuff you're not interested in. Maybe stuff you are. Yeah. I hope Either you way. are. Yeah. We're going to tell it to you. Yeah, and the su- Suck it up, buttercup. It's coming. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about ghosts and goblins today. And who are you? Yeah. I am ghost spooky ookies. Yes, yes, yes. Because this is the last pod before Halloween. And this is the spookiest Halloween of all because it's probably canceled. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spookiest thing you can ever That's do is cancel serious. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and it's on a Saturday and there's a full moon. Mm-hmm. It was just set up for goodness. And yeah. well, we are having we are having Halloween here. Business as usual, pretty much here. Uh, you just are not going to like physically hand out candy. You're just going to like leave a bowl like, hey, you guys deal with it. But I decorated. I'm decorating my whole section of the hallway in my ye olde 1970s apartment block. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm decorating. I have waiting in the wings already just an obscene amount of fake spider webs to just coat uh, the hallway. I'm not going to make the mamasans deal with having to mop the floors through my spider web. So I'm waiting to put them up for the day. I will be wearing a costume at work on Friday, but I don't know what yet. So nice, nice. It'll be a surprise for us all. I got uh, Violet's costume is she's going to be a uh, lion and super cute. I want her to be a teddy bear. They didn't have a teddy bear costume. Didn't have time to order it. Um, just put her in like a build a bear costume. And, uh, and then Olive is going to be Luna Lovegood because Olive is the actual real life Luna Lovegood. She really is. That's just 100% who she is, even though she is a Slytherin and Luna Lovegood is a Ravenclaw, but I digress. But anyway, I'm goblins. (laughs) (laughs) If you couldn't tell I'm goblins. So do you know who starts this time? Pretty sure it's me. Okay. I want it to be you. So I'm glad. We're going to just go with it. Yeah, let's do this. Confidence is key. Yeah, of course. In all things. I'm ready. Okay. Let's do this. I'm going to start off my topic of ghosts by discussing one of the many happy haunts of the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. (gasps) Yeah. There is no way in its 65 years of history that Disneyland is not haunted. It is for sure where I plan to spend my afterlife. Catch me in Disneyland. <laughs> I'll, I will be there with you just for the fun. Awesome. Many guests and cast members believe the ghost of Walt himself, aka my cat, to be, <laughs> to be haunting Disneyland. Oh my god, I'm uh, wearing my Walt socks. You are? Yes! 
is perfect. Okay, sorry. Uh, my cat, Walt, not Walt Disney. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, others have stories of former cast members sticking around the parks long after their shift has ended. One of the most infamous ghosts, though, and probably exactly what I would do as a ghost, is Mr. One Way. Oh. <laughs> Said to haunt the attraction Space Mountain, he is considered a friendly ghost that will first appear in line chatting and visiting with guests of the park. Some have described him as a grown man with red hair, while others have claimed that he's a child. When he shows up as a child, guests have described him as not being from our time. Okay. Mr. One-Way boards the ride next to a single rider, but by the time the ride is ended, he has disappeared. Ooh. So, like, they totally think that he's just some dude. He's a real dude. And yeah. then when they get off the ride, he's gone. What if it's just a dude who's, like, dipping halfway? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeet. Space Mountain is a roller coaster, so it'd be really hard for him to dip. He's just eating that, himself but... right out. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of the stories... Are that like you notice him when you're on the ride, and but then like when you get off, you're like, there's nobody there. But mm, the like extra spooky ones are he get you like you talk to him in line and you're like it's a person, but then like you get off and you're like, where's the person? Oh, that's that's creepy. One hundred percent how I will be spending my afterlife. Just getting <laughs> on and off Space Mountain <laughs> <laughs> or any Disney ride, just chilling with the single riders. Sorry, dude. You don't have to ride alone. I'll come with you. I always do. I always do the single rider thing whenever I can. My son and I did that at Disney. Like once he was like old enough to be able to ride by himself, and we mm -hmm. went through Disney so fast. Holy crap! We went. Knows, so maybe Mister One Way rode with you, and you didn't notice. Maybe I'm not very observant. <laughs> Started off our ghost goblins with a little happy happy haunt nice little nice little disney happy haunt is the most disney phrase i've ever heard <laughs> it is a disney phrase happy so. haunt very much so well i really like that and i can 100 see you haunting disney I and mean, we've discussed this before that we're going to spread your remains not even your ashes just your your My remains, your bulk yeah. remains <laughs> for the vultures we're going to spread your bulk remains over disney which they will not allow <laughs> But that's pretty cool. So I'd like to start by talking about the origins of goblins. Um, so first of all, goblins are like a greedy, often small, mischievous creature from European folklore that's primary function and joy is messing with humans and like generally making people's lives really difficult. They traditionally inhabit mountains, though there are more like modern tellings that have them attached to homes and castles where they basically lay in wait and snatch up your valuables in the dead of night and like wreak havoc and play pranks on you. Rude. So, yeah. It's super rude. Super fun. Also, I'm pretty sure goblins after doing all of my research, goblins are just toddlers. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> They're just toddlers. They'll help you and then immediately make a mess. But um, though the origins of goblins are primarily linked to 14th century Europe, like Scandinavia, Scotland, England, there's goblin-like creatures in lore from every region of the world. Like, even where I live, Okinawa, they have their own type of goblin, like little forest creature goblin that is supposed to be mischievous and come out in the middle of the night and mess with all your stuff. So, yeah, that is the pretty much the origin of goblins. And I wish there was a cool etymology for it, but it, there kind of really isn't a cool etymology for goblin. It's like 
it kind of comes from the the word like goblin, which doesn't have any awesome origin. I think it's just a gobbledygook <laughs> word that somebody made up. That is interesting and very useful because I was telling Joe's friend what we were recording today and he said, what even is a goblin? And I was like, I don't know. Hopefully Kate's going to tell me later. Tell him he has to listen. And I did tell him he had to listen too. So, but you did tell me. So now I know. (laughs) Now you can spread the word of what goblins are. They're little, they're ugly. They want to take your stuff. They're toddlers. They're toddlers. (laughs) so the year was 1917 oh and a review of mark twain's latest book jap haran or heron probably heron yeah maybe felt like real fancy (laughs) haran (laughs) was published in the new york times it was not a favorable review but it did say that there was a similar dialect to Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. I mean, that does make perfect sense. Yeah. Right. You would think the problem was Mark Twain had been dead for seven years at this point. Mm? (laughs) Emily Grant Hutchings came forward to claim that she spoke with Twain through a Ouija board along with a medium named Lola V. Hayes. Together, they took his dictation and went on to publish this book. Oh. Literally ghost writing. Mark Twain's <laughs> ghost told them what to write. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen the video of the person reading all the, like, Yahoo Asks questions about Ouija boards? And it's all the people who spelled it wrong where it's like, Gwedgie board, Luigi board. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link to that later. It is. Oh, my God. Holy God. It's just a YouTube video of a guy uh, trying to read all the different ways that people misspelled Ouija board. Wedgie <laughs> board. That's so wild. Yes. So Twain's daughter, Clara, and his publisher, Harper and Brothers, filed a lawsuit claiming that Twain had not written the book from beyond the grave. (laughs) And if he somehow had, then Harper and Brothers would receive all the royalties. It makes sense. A deal's a deal, you know? The best part is, it seemed like this case might make it to the Supreme Court. Oh, boy. <laughs> but the current publisher of this book couldn't keep up with the legal fees and court and lawyers and everything. And so he agreed to stop publishing and he destroyed any of the remaining copies he had. Um, so there are very, very few copies of this book published that is weird we're gonna get a hold of one you can find it in like online archives and Uh stuff like actual hard copies of it there are very few originals fascinating um would you how okay not even this is no would this is no would you this is a how long do you think <laughs> let me start over completely in every way how long do you think it would take letter by letter to write a book through a Ouija board? My God, I didn't even think about that. Part. That I would that alone is like, that it's bullcrap. That would take like fifteen years. I mean, 
he was dead for seven years before the book was published. So maybe it took that entire seven years. Who has that much time? Like, you don't have anything to do. It's 1917. You don't have anything to do. You don't have a single handkerchief to iron. You don't have anything to do all day. The Netflix original show of Emily Grant Hunchings and Lola V. Hay is doing this. Oh, my goodness. It's going to star us. We're going to be them. Okay. We are. (laughs) It's... It's us just being like, we can't today. We have to use a wedgie board to write this. Every every time we say Luigi, it'll be a completely different pronunciation and incorrect. Luigi board. The Linguini board. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That would take an absolute eternity. I think they're full of crap. I think they wrote a book and it was not amazing. Or it was, whatever. No, it wasn't. It did not. There were not a lot of fans. Oh, okay. Well, they wrote a book and it was total butts. And they were like, well, nobody's going to read this. But if it's a Mark Twain book, people will buy it just to see if they think it's a Mark Twain book. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's fascinating. Also, Mark, if, if you are Mark Twain's ghost, please feel free to contact us. I don't have a Linguini board. Um, I It's... Don't take it personally. I don't know how I'm going to communicate with you, but uh, but you can just contact me via email if you want to. It's yeah. it's weirdflexpodcast at gmail dot com. Mark Twain's goes the modern day squeegee board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a good new bit. <laughs> I like this bit. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get kind of like out of the paranormal a little bit. Okay, you into it? Okay. Um, so one of the main features of goblins um, is that they're rarely seen. And another is that they're super ugly. It's just like, it's, it's their thing. I know. Same. This, it just be like that sometimes. I've been gay in the quarantine 15. Okay. So no goblin embodies this more than the very real and very gross looking goblin shark. Have you ever seen a picture of a goblin shark? It's one of the ones with like the undervite. It's got all all kind of mess. It's just its face is a its its whole body's a mess. That was me making doing an underbite while I said (laughs) that in case it didn't come across clearly. This is my underbite. My underbite. (laughs) We're hard. (laughs) So the goblin shark inhabits all three major oceans: Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian. You know our major oceans, and though they have uh, they have been like random and sparsely found like kind of accidentally all over the place there's no fishery looking for a goblin shark they're not delish nobody wants them um but they do get accidentally caught in nets sometimes but and so their distribution they're kind of all over the place and there's not a ton known about them because of that so uh they live at some pretty extreme depths Another reason why we don't really know a lot about them because it's just not an area of the world we're digging around in. So they usually live between 900 and 3,200 feet, though evidence of them has been found as deep as 4,490 feet, which is very deep. <laughs> it's <just> like, dang. <laughs> so for reference, I can't even concept. I know. I, what is that in football fields? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you ask Joe? Because he mathed me once and it made me feel very bad because I don't know how long a football field is for some reason. So uh, for reference, bull sharks commonly live at depths of about 100 feet and great white sharks have been known to rarely do dives of around 3,500 feet. So sharks are not 
super deep water living creatures. Like they don't just chill at super deep water, but the goblin shark does. Um, the extreme depths that the goblin shark just hangs out in is very unusual. They're neutrally buoyant, which is not uncommon fish wise, but they're also very slow swimmers. And they know this because of this, their body shape and how just fatty and flappy and gross they are. They don't have the muscle tone <laughs> that guys. sharks. I know it's it's only going to get worse from here. So <laughs> it gets much worse. So <laughs> they, they don't have very much muscle tone. Their fins are very small and they're very flabby. So they know that they're not strong swimmers because they're neutrally buoyant. They believe them to be ambush predators by just essentially being completely motionless and drifting gently towards their dinner as to not raise suspicion it's also yeah. how I, I know that's also how I tend to approach all of my meals and friends. <laughs> Don't raise suspicions. Totally. Then when it's too late, you're already friends and you're starting a podcast together. Exactly. I was, that's how, that's how we became friends. I was just totally motionless and I just drifted gently towards you. And then I bit you with my underbite. So, <laughs> underbite. Accurate. That is a hundred percent exactly how it happened. That's what happened. Um, if you are looking for a goblin shark, there's a few there's a few things to look for. So first of all, you're not likely to find one. You almost definitely will not find one. <laughs> um, there's a few specifically identifying features. They have long, flat snouts called the rostrum. Their jaws extend out to catch whatever prey they drift past. And their skin is translucent, making them appear to have pink skin due to the blood vessels underneath. So that's cool. At least they've got that, that going cool. for them. They are also flabby and big. They're really big up to around 12 feet and 460 pounds. I did not envision them being that big. I thought no. they were going to be like little nurse sharks. They are yeah. real big. Uh, that's a lot of floating up to stuff and biting it. That's a lot <laughs> of food to consume to get that big. Um, most notably, we, mo we know almost nothing about them thanks to them kind of staying out of everyone's business, which is, that's a good way to live. Um, so much so, this is kind of sad, that the International Union for Conservation of Nature classified them as least concern. <laughs> <laughs> They're very unfortunate creatures, but that is the goblin shark. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's pretty, they're gross. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely put pictures up on the Insta. I can't wait for the sci-fi channel movie um, called Goblin Sharks to come out. Goblin Sharks versus Cowboys versus Aliens versus Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Goblin Sharks versus Mega Shark. And yeah, I, I feel like the fight between a mega what if it's just a mega goblin shark it's just a gigantic like 900 foot long shark just drifting slowly past it's the perfect halloween shark movie also they already made a movie called ghost shark about a ghost shark oh attacking God. people have you seen avalanche sharks no jennifer listen you've got to see I, I gotta make you a list you need to see avalanche sharks it's so bad it's shot uh, where was it shot? It was shot, um, oh my God, somewhere that I went. Uh, at Mammoth. What's that? Worst, worse than sand sharks. Yes. This is the worst <laughs> thing ever. So the, uh, it was shot at Mammoth Resort 
and you can tell that they did it. They got they got like a discount for advertising Mammoth Resort in the movie. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> there's like mammoth signs everywhere. Um, the CGI is impeccable. Also, it's cast almost exclusively in porn stars trying to go straight. Love it. It's Those so movie it's so good it's no zombie verse but it's pretty high up there it's amazing <laughs> but if they were all i think they were all great whites and that you can't tell because they're made of ice but <laughs> it'd be even cooler if they were goblin sharks yeah but they, they were just like sliding down a mountain instead of coming up <laughs> out of a giant avalanche <laughs> gross yeah, that was fun <laughs> all right we're going back to the supernatural. Of course. And we're going to talk about the Flying Dutchman. You mean my order at In-N-Out Burger? <laughs> Wait, what is that order? It is. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> Here's my two orders at In-N-Out Burger. So if, I, if I'm feeling normal, Kate, then it's two patties with two slices of cheese in the middle. No bread, no lettuce, nothing. It's two patties. <laughs> so it's like a, but then it's like a... Grilled cheese, but with, with no, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the Flying Dutchman. Uh, that's my favorite thing ever because I don't want don't get bread involved. Don't don't you make me eat bread about it. But then my other order, if I'm having like a really, oh, just, it's been a long one. I'm getting a four by four, which is four patties and four slices of cheese. <laughs> All right, and I always with without exception get animal fries, extra spread. So those of you who live in the California or like Southeastern area and you have strong opinions about in and out I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, it's the worst. It's the best. I genuinely don't care. Anyway, well, sorry. <laughs> got your order from in and out. Just mm -hmm. kidding. I am there. It was my fact. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the myth of the ghost ship. Oh my God. I go so hard for ghost ships. Oh, ghost ships are so I'm awesome. so there excited were, for this. There were just so many, and I was like, I can't just cover this in, like, a little short segment. So I just, the Mary Celeste. Oh. <sighs> the 2002 <laughs> hit movie with, what is her name? Juliana Mar Margulies? Ghost Ship? Do you remember that movie? No. What? Carl Urban's in it. Right now, we gotta go. Let's quit the podcast <laughs> and just exclusively watch Ghost Ship. Uh, we are gonna watch this though, but anyway, okay. let's talk about the Flying Dutchman. I'll tell you all about how much I love Carl Urban later. Um, okay, so it originated back in the 1600s with many of the sightings taking place in the Cape of Good Hope. Ironic, very particularly during stormy weather. And it was considered bad luck to see the Dutchman as it means death and destruction. Good mm. podcast topic. Note that down. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. <laughs> Just when we're feeling real bad. Death and destruction. Death and destruction, anyone? Could I interest you? Um, while sightings occurred throughout history, the latest sighting was during World War II by a German submarine. Mm -hmm. So apparently, according to this website, there have not been any current sightings since World War II. Okay. I find that hard to believe, and I'm sure if I looked more into it, I could probably find some. Do you want to go try to cite it? 
So you just like <laughs> later on? Yeah. If you're not, I'll just uh, sit on the coast. Yeah. If you're not really doing anything later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what exactly got this ship the reputation of Harbinger of Death? Mm-hmm. Well, that may fall onto the shoulders of the captain who was cursed. God, they always are. The reasoning for the curse may be because the captain tried to make port in the Cape during a bad storm, resulting in the death of all aboard. They were all like, yo, no thanks. Let's turn around. We're not going to make it. And he said, we're making it. And then they all died. Or maybe it was Mm -hmm. after the captain battled a rebel leader aboard the ship and the rebel leader died. And he made the deci- the captain made the decision to attempt to reach his decision. No, sorry, destination. <laughs> attempt to reach his destination till the day of judgment. And then the final tale is that the captain dabbled in satanic arts and was too proud to turn away from a storm. So what I'm getting from is the captain was like, I know what's best. We're going to do this. And probably got his crew killed, and they got cursed to roam the seas forever, never to make port or step on dry land again. And all who see them may face death or destruction. Okay, that's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I just think the concept of like a ghost ship that just like appears out of nowhere when you're because like you're in in a ship. I've never been like on a cruise or a boat or a ship. Mm that like isolated in the middle of the ocean but like Horrifying. it really does kind of give me like that oh <sighs> yeah like any super isolated like you can't get away from it type of situation like that um we're drinking the same wine glass that's so crazy <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. I was like, oh, she has black wine glasses. I was like, oh, that's the same one I have. Um, but yeah, anything where you're like super isolated, like genuinely can't get out of it too, which is why Ugh. like the ocean, that's why space in the ocean scare me so much. Because those are two situations where no matter what you do, you cannot escape. And just imagine the horror, the heebies being out in the ocean and then just a ship appears. Whew. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. This awful. Yeah. What if it's what if it's a ship that's shaped like a goblin shark? What if it's a ship what made of a goblin shark? What if it's a ship full of goblin sharks? <laughs> Ugh, they're so fatty. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love that. I I simultaneously love and hate it, but I love it. I love ghost ships, and we're gonna watch the 2002 hit movie Ghost Ship. <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Okay, so uh, keeping it keeping it spooky, we're gonna talk about uh, yeah. yeah. We're gonna talk about hobgoblins, Ooh. which is such a fun Halloween word. I I would like to be addressed as a hobgoblin from time to time, please. Once again, I shall be changing your name in my phone to hobgoblin. Sometimes I really do change your name when I say I'm going to, and then I can't find you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this? I don't remember the joke. Um, okay, so not all goblins are nasty and evil. There's one subspecies, I guess they're called, subset of goblins called the hobgoblin, who has a history 
as kind of a slightly unhelpful shape-shifting house goblin. Um, also toddlers. <laughs> or just <laughs> like, children. <okay. laughs> just children in general. Just slightly unhelpful shape-shifting goblins. Um, they often help with chores and reside in or around the hearth, occasionally turning mischievous when the mood hits them. A few examples from folklore are Blue Birches. I think it's Birches, um, who was um, a goblin who played very benign pranks on a shoemaker in Somerset, England. The Boobak, <laughs> yup, um, <laughs> who would perform chores in exchange for cream, same, played, <laughs> played relentless pranks on teetotalers, very same. And of course, the Yorkshire Dobby, who would cure children of whooping cough while also annoying families into moving house. He's like, listen, I cured your kid of whooping cough. Yeah. Get out. I think one of the, like, the main things about goblins is that they are just super annoying. And especially hobgoblins. So there's a lot of like very uh, like malicious goblins in the lore. But hobgoblins in particular, which is a hard thing to say, hobgoblins. But they in particular are, they'll be mischievous, but not necessarily malicious. Okay. Like they're not There's, like demonic. Like, yeah, they're like annoying, but yeah. not necessarily harmful. Exactly. So uh, the there's even a phrase from the area of Yorkshire um, for when you complete a task more, like you complete more of a task than you expected to. And the phrase is, Master Dobbs is helping you. And uh -huh. I couldn't find any evidence of it, but I believe that the character Dobby from Harry Potter is based on the Yorkshire Dobby. I couldn't find actual, like, this is what J.K. Rowling said, which, I mean, she do be saying stuff. So you never know. <laughs> but I couldn't find it. Like she said, like, this is based on the Yorkshire Dobby or anything like that. So I didn't want to say, like, for sure. But everything written about the Yorkshire Dobby seems very... Because he was, like, helping, but very not helping. And very he, mischievous. Trying to get Harry Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is Hobgoblins. And uh, I think if you were going to be a Hobgoblin... You would be a boobock. Oh, thank you. Yep. I, I think Joe would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about that one. But you're up. <laughs> okay. This is a little bit of a long one. Just because I okay. got to cover the history one. to get the full spook factor. Okay. <sighs> okay. Ugh. Let me adjust preparing myself. The small quaint town of Eureka Springs, Arkansas, a town most people have probably never heard of, is oh. home to what claims to be the most haunted hotel in America. <gasps> Take me. The Crescent Hotel first opened in 1886 around when the healing waters of the 60 springs in the town were at their height. Thousands of tourists visited these springs. By the 1900s, businesses, business had slowed and the hotel became the Crescent College, a school for females, until about 1934. Okay. In, in 1937, it was purchased by Norman Baker, who transformed it into the Baker Cancer Clinic. Mm. While this may have seemed like the ideal location for a cancer clinic, you know, what with the healing waters and all, it was far from it. Baker claimed to have the cure for cancer, 
which was a big claim considering he was not, in fact, a medical doctor or any kind of doctor. Oh, he good. was a radio host. <laughs> an entrepreneur. Oh. The miracle cancer cure was a mixture of clover, corn silk, watermelon seeds, and water. I Look, listen, I'm going to say something controversial yet brave. Say it. I think he might have been lying. <gasps> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it comes as no surprise that he was eventually <laughs> thrown in prison for fraud. It was specifically for mail fraud, but oh. he went to prison for fraud. Yeah. Um, however, his procedures and tactics at the hotel did help shape what not to do when it comes to cancer treatment. So thanks for that, I guess, Norman. <laughs> Dope, dude. <laughs> After Baker was gone, the hotel changed hands and underwent multiple remodels until about 1997 when it was purchased by its current owners. Um, and they've obviously done remodels and continued to improve upon it, but it's been with the same owners since then. And with such a rich history, it makes sense that several ghosts haunt this place. Same. Ghosts are said to haunt the morgue, situated below the hotel, the lobby, and of course, specific rooms have higher ghost appearances than others. Theodora and Michael are two of the most commonly known ghosts at the hotel. Michael's room is considered the most active room, with many guests who stay there having some sort of experience. There have been stories of kids poking or pinching you, feeling a nudge at the top of the stairs. Ugh. The echoes of Baker's former patients and tour guides suggest taking photos of every mirror you see because you just don't know what might show up when you go through the photos later. Okay. The best part is that Morris, the ghost cat, wanders around the hotel. Oh, and Morris! People have, people have experienced the feeling of a cat brushing up against their legs. He's a ginger. Oh, I was about to say, tell me what he looks like, though. <laughs> so, I have been to this hotel. You have? I have, Oh, yes, my God. Did you, you knew it was haunted at the time? Yes, because okay. we took a ghost tour. Oh, you love a ghost tour. Oh, yeah. This was my first, like, real, like, ghost tour. Ah. Um, Mariah was with me. Of Shout course. out, Mariah. And I have, a, I have some good antidotes. <laughs> a couple <laughs> stories. The hotel and our tour. First one being, we took photos of tons of mirrors. This was mm -hmm. like Mariah's like third ghost tour or something. So she's a pro basically at this point. If you want to go on a ghost tour, you need to go with Mariah. You she's your do. gal. Um, so she was taking pictures of like every mirror. It definitely is a very spooky hotel. Very beautiful. Very spooky. Um, and we were in, stuffed in the back of the truck on the drive back, and you have to drive down this, like, S-curving road through the mountains, the Ozarks, and it's nighttime, and we're, like, looking through all the photos, and we just start freaking out because we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's a ghost. It totally looks like an old-fashioned maid. Turns out it was just my reflection super warped because I was, like, standing really far back and to the side so that I wouldn't be in the reflection. But... Oh we freaked out for solid like two minutes before we were like, wait, that looks like a braid. And then like Mariah looked at me, <laughs> my braid just it looks just like your braid. 
Um, so the tour guide um, that we had was very cool and she had lots of stories and we um, asked her to tell us her most terrifying experience there. Okay. Um, so when you end the tour, you end it in the morgue and Ugh. you end it in the main room and there's like the drain at the center and there's like a little metal table um, and she brings out the EMF reader, which you've been carrying throughout the whole tour. And then you get to just like stand in a circle and ask questions of the ghost to see. So I asked if Morris, the ghost cat was there and he was, um, but <laughs> uh, then there's the like freezer in the morgue, like, you know, really big freezer. Obviously it's not an actual freezer now, but it's got that old metal freezer door, like walk-in freezer. Mm -hmm. And all tour guests have the option to go in there and then she will shut the door and you can stand in there for like a minute with the lights off. I chose not to because I'm not stupid and I'm not going to be possessed by a ghost. Okay, valid. So this is when I asked, was talking to her and asking her about her most terrifying experiences while she locked pretty much everybody else in the tour in there. <laughs> I love that. I love that this is whole thing and everybody's going through it. And then you're just like, hey, it's cool if I peace out and just interview you, right? <laughs> I like looked to Mariah and I was like, Mariah, you can go if you want. I'm not going in there. Did she go? She did not. She stayed with me. So I don't know friend. if she really wanted to go in there or if she was like, and she was secretly like, oh, yeah, no, Jen, I'll stay with you. Oh my goodness. She probably gone in there. She's braver than I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're not brave, but I am going to say that you're not brave. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to get possessed by a ghost in a freezer of a morgue. Okay, that's super valid. That's so, I think it's fine. I support it completely. Don't. Okay. So, especially after hearing this story, apparently one time as she was getting everything closed up in there, like all the people had left and she's in there wrapping it up and she's going to shut the freezer door. She said a hand darted out, even though nobody uh, was in the freezer. Uh, other guests still there who had been like talking to her and they like saw it too. Oh my God. That gives me the heebies. I don't like it. I just don't. And a hand coming out of a morgue freezer door. It's not it's not like, a freezer at a Burger King. It's a morgue freezer. From some like super illegitimate cancer clinic where he straight up injected watermelon seeds into people. Ugh, 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 ugh. This whole thing is giving me the gross. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I mean, I I wanna go. I'd like to yeah, go. Yeah, it's a very cool hotel. Um, I know, I think it's Michael's room. Like there's one of their stories, uh, was of guests, like being like, there was somebody in our room mm -hmm. and of course there was nobody, but there was like a shadow of a man. Um, and then they have this binder at the beginning that you can go through that has like all the photos that people have taken that have caught things. Uh, and somebody caught the lady in white. Cause of course there's always a lady in white, um, her reflection in a TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can like flip through it and they have a lot of the photos that guests submit online and their website guests Ooh. can submit their own personal experiences there. So cool. 
have you ever stayed at a haunted hotel? Not knowingly. Okay. So I go out of my way to stay at haunted hotels. Well, this one is just like real haunted and creepy because of its location. Eureka Springs is a very small town in the middle of the Ozarks in Arkansas. And it's like at the top of the hill Mm -hmm. and it's just, but it is gorgeous. So my sister used to work at a haunted hotel in New Orleans. And I think it's like one of the oldest haunted hotels in America or something like that. And it's like very well known. It's been on TV shows about haunted hotels and stuff like that. She used to work there. I don't think she has uh, any paranormal experiences. Nikki, if you have ever met a ghost, let me know. Um, you can just text me. You don't have to email me. But <laughs> please the ghost cat because I do enjoy a good ghost cat or ghost dog. Yeah, a good ghost dog. Um, I also stayed in the room that for my birthday last year, I think it was, stayed in the room that Graham Parsons died in um, Mm -hmm. at Joshua Tree Inn, um, which is, yeah, which is super cool. Um, Very, very cool. The mirror that he died in front of is mounted right in front of the bed. And supposedly you can see his ghost in the mirror sometimes. I specifically did not look in the mirror most of the time. (laughs) Um, And then I've stayed in a haunted hotel, a very old the Congress Hotel in Chicago. It's supposed to be haunted, but it just smelled like weed. So yeah. I don't know if it was haunted or not. Oh, there was a lot of rugby players there. We were for we were there for a giant international rugby game. Um, just smelled like weed to me. <laughs> Didn't seem haunted. Just seemed crappy. But it was a very old old hotel. But I love I love a haunted hotel. Yes. Oh, and a really cool fact that I found out yeah. from uh, re- looking on this like into this hotel more. Um, that's just it's not. I mean, it's kind of creepy, but like also it's just really cool science wise. They were working on like the ground somewhere and they were like digging stuff up because they were going to be doing some remodeling and additions. And they found a bunch of um, jars from when it was the, the cancer clinic. And it was like his like cancer treatments and like other so just like full of watermelon seeds <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the like original one so they had to stop obviously because like that's like super historical stuff yeah. and it is I, I do believe it is considered a historical site okay. um, and so they like got the like Arkansas archaeologist from the University of Arkansas to come in and like excavate the site and this was just last year 2019 I think in April so that's pretty cool that they found like a lot of the original. Yeah, like, that's really neat. That's obviously a... again, it was all bunk stuff, but yeah, <sighs> too spooky for me. <laughs> Love a haunted hotel. That's fun. This hotel, it's very Kate aesthetic. Could can you stay there or can you only visit for ghost tours? You can definitely stay there. I guess I'm gonna. Because <laughs> they like they ask you at the beginning of the tour how many of you are um, staying here and how many of you are like staying in one of the haunted rooms because they said they um, sometimes when the people on the tour are staying in one of the rooms we can you get to go into the room if the person's like yeah come on in like because oh then it's gosh. like the room they're staying in and yeah. Oh, and it wow. is really funny to like watch the people who are like staying in one of the rooms, like hear the stories of like the ghosts in that room. Cause then they're like, uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm stuck here. It's like the beginning of the night and you're finding out how bad your night's going to go. <laughs> and there's a pizza like restaurant on the top floor with a patio view. And it's, uh, it's just, it's really beautiful. 
Oh my God. This sounds dope. This sounds great. I want to go stay there. It sounds really cool. Let's just be there. There's a really nice lake right down the road because that's why we went there was for the lake trip. And told you this one because I had all my little personal tidbits and stories and experience nice. from there. That's really cool. We're gonna have to add it to the uh, the Jen and K World Tour, the Jen and K def- Road Trip of America. She's in my top for my ghost tours, act- and I've, I've been on a few. She's done quite a few ghost tours. <laughs> okay. So this is uh, this is not paranormal again. Going away from the paranormal, uh, I'm I'm fading in and out. I mean, uh, I'm covering a lot of paranormal. Yeah, I so. felt like I I couldn't go too full spooky on this. I had to you know had to go in and out. Also, there's a lot of interesting just goblin adjacent things, but uh, this is relevant to us in a way. So, Jen, you and I are both nature lovers and appreciators of fine rock formations, correct? <laughs> Yes. That sounds super, that sounds really, really ridiculous, but it's actually very true. So some of the, like the best days I've ever had with you were like hiking and talking and climbing and stuff like that. I'm actually looking right next to my computer is a picture of us on a hiking trip with, uh, with our, our other pa- our group chat pals, Reba, Kat, Anna. It was a set, it was a fun trip, but it was not in, in rocks. So I digress. Um, but Imagine my distress when I learned this troubling tale. In 2013, two men, men. (laughs) So every article felt the need to note that they were former scout leaders, but I just don't see why that's relevant at all. Like it's, if you are a scout leader, I don't need to know that about you. I don't care. That actually is a, to me, that's like a, a negative tick. My son is in the scouts. He loves the scouts. But whenever somebody says scout leader, my mind does not go to great places. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, they went to Utah's Goblin Valley State Park, which is beautiful, just red rocks, like amazing place with like some of the coolest, Did they craziest. they land goblin sharks? <laughs> they, they were. <laughs> I've seen the pictures and the video. They were land goblin sharks. <laughs> Um, but they went to Utah's Goblin Valley State Park and they recorded a video of themselves pushing over a 170 million year old rock formation that had been there since the Jurassic period. How do you feel oh, right now? I'm so angry. Yes. Yes. So the rock formation itself was called the Goblin. Um, and it was... I, I'm trying to think of a way to make this not sound super phallic. It was like mushroom shaped, but very large. <laughs> um, they were arrested on third degree felony criminal mischief. So name and shame. They are David Hall and Glenn Taylor. And I hate them. They ended shame. up shame, shame. They ended up reaching a plea deal to pay a few thousand dollars in court costs and for signs to be erected to warn visitors not to vandalize the park. You'd think you wouldn't need to tell people that Um, it's, but it's just like, it's not enough. Like they destroyed something that was genuinely priceless. And also they suck. They super suck. So uh, rest easy goblin. And those dudes really suck butts. But if you, they are cursed. They are definitely cursed by, I hope that a goblin comes for them. But if you are going to any, beautiful or not beautiful. I don't care what you think of it. If you're going to any state or national parks or anything like that, and you feel like you want to destroy something, um, you can just come physically fight me because there's no reason to do that. 
We have a family friend Mm -hmm. and he refers to people who do things like that as recreation whores. I can see that. I think they are the people that just kind of go out on the trails and leave their trash or they're blasting their music and they're loud and they just kind of ruin it and nature. Such a pet peeve of mine is people who play music on trails. So I enjoy that. Sure. Yes. Or just like shut up. Just have a conversation if you don't like the silence. I get it. But just like talk to somebody or sing a song. I don't care. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear how super into G easy you are while you're hiking. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I was I was hiking to a waterfall. Gorgeous, gorgeous waterfall. You hike oh, through beautiful. it was. You hike like through a river to get there. Um, it was very cold. My baby had strong opinions about getting in the waterfall. But cool. um, but it was so gorgeous. And in this group of dudes who were in the Air Force, I know because they had to make it very obvious by wearing every piece of Air Force apparel you could possibly wear. They were also hiking and they were blasting music super loud out of a speaker and like yelling and hooting and hollering. And one thing I'll say about like the forests and trails and stuff in Japan is they're incredibly peaceful, like, Mm -hmm. like spiritual. They're so peaceful. And these dudes were obnoxious as heck. It was Ugh, it was so annoying. Oh. Luckily, Rec- they were coming while I was going. Horse. They are. They're recreation horse. But yeah, I mean, the most I think I've ever left on a trail is pee. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell this. I'm going to tell my my antidote about <laughs> about a rock formation. <laughs> okay. So yeah, 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 that one. I'm, I'm you like, know the one. on a hiking story are you telling? <laughs> so I, I have a unique ability to... Uh, to pee without anybody noticing most of the time. Um, I, this is just, it's just who I am, but I can, I can pee where it's it just impressive. looks like I'm basically just standing there, but I'm peeing and it I'm not peeing my pants. I'm not peeing my pants. But uh, one particular trip to Joshua tree that we were on, <laughs> um, we were there with, um, it was my, my family and uh, Jen and Joe. And then uh, our gorgeous friend Ashley Judge who is one of the like the funniest most beautiful people in the entire world shout out to Ashley um, Judge uh, amazing person she's so amazing we miss you we miss you living all the time. her best life I hope right she's listening Vermont. um but she's amazing but <laughs> just a little bit of love fest for no reason right now <laughs> we miss but you she was, yeah, we, basically we miss you but she was also there <laughs> and uh so we were the three of us gals we're climbing up to the top of this like amazing rock formation. I don't remember what exact trail it was on, but if you know Joshua Tree, you know that there's certain sections of the park that are just insane. It is just like you are on the surface of Mars and it's crazy. So we're climbing up to the top of this thing and I have to pee as I almost always do. And so there's like a little cave alcove. <laughs> in the top of this at the top of this rock formation and so it's these two as sentries well i like slide my butt into this little cave and i'm peeing and my pee is is going down this giant rock formation and then we look out across from us and jen's amazing husband joe is lowering my daughter gingerly (laughs) down a sheer cliff face (laughs) i was just like this is it this is it Joe's about to kill their kid. <laughs> Which he did not, he did not ask for that job. It happened to him. It's not what he wanted. If he wanted kids, he would have had them. So 
Yep. She just followed him. Yeah, but it, like I'm I'm in the middle of what I imagine to be like a 10 minute long pee, the longest pee of my life. <laughs> Ashley and I are just lunging they're, in front of they're casually lunging. lunging yeah, some very casual attention. stretches. <laughs> and uh I'm peeing for a hundred years as we watch Joe and my daughter descend the most treacherous <laughs> rock formation. <laughs> In all of Joshua Tree, which he saved her life about 20 times in the span of a minute and a half. (laughs) But he's just lowering her down. um, And of course, her dad, nowhere to be found. (laughs) And who knows or cares. And uh, and that that was like hands down one of the funniest days I think we've ever had in Joshua Tree. No matter what happens when we when we go on a trail something weird happens and it's oh, yeah. it always ends up being really funny but imagine if instead we decided to just push that giant rock over oh, because yeah. we're because what was it recreation horse recreation horse that's stupid don't do that you can don't leave your that. pee if you need to but nothing more that's all respect nature respect nature nature respects you nature takes mm-hmm. care of you don't take peaceful experiences away from other people. They claimed, I'm almost done with this segment because I know I'm going on rant after rant and talking about urine, but they claimed that the reason why they pushed it over, which I watched the video, they posted the video online, I presume Facebook because they look like the type to use Facebook. That That is a burn on everyone. Goblin but sharks. They are human goblin sharks. One of them, if you ever watch the video, that man, tell me that man's not a goblin shark. But, um, but they... They claimed later that the reason why they pushed it over is because they said, oh, like one big gust of wind or something and that thing falls over and it kills a whole family. But they were downright gleeful in the video. They were pushing it over in the way that a teenage boy knocks over a mailbox. They were not pushing it over in the way of like, we're doing this for the betterment of humankind. Also, go it's away. It's been there for years. It's been there hundreds you- of years. More 170 million. <laughs> it's so old. It survived so much. And then you two wieners have to come over and push it. Okay. All right. Listen, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sweating violently. I'm so angry. I'm so mad that I called them wieners. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to bring us back to the paranormal. Thank God. And I'm going to read three of my selected, because I wouldn't say favorite, because I don't think I could have found some of my favorites, um, thought catalog, their creepy catalog section, um, where they have people either email them or they go through Reddit and collect ghost stories, true ghost stories. So I'm going to share some three recent ones that I found that we're a little spooky to end out my ghost segment. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. So these are like written from people. So I'm going to read them as the people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I once was laying in my bed with my dog at the foot of it. I was on the cusp of sleep when suddenly my dog popped her head up and locked onto something in the middle of my room. Her head then slowly turns and follows something I can't see. Her head stops again, and my backpack gets knocked over after having been in the same spot for hours. Oh. Then, then all of a sudden, a loud 
bang on my bedroom window. I was on the second floor of the house. I ran out of my room so quickly without daring to look out that window. Okay. Story number two. Okay. So apparently, my house is haunted, according to other people. I've lived in my house for almost 20 years now. Growing up, we've had dozens of different guests stay over and all say the exact same thing. I don't want to sleep in the room next to the bathroom. Brackets, this is our guest room. There were two little girls in the closet. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, like, so many different people who don't even know each other. Family members, family friends, my parents' co-workers, my friends, my siblings' friends, etc. Say the exact same thing. I've personally never seen them, but I guess that's why stuff moves around in my house. Or it's a goblin. Or it's a goblin. But yeah, the twin twin girls in the closet just was like, ha, ah, terrifying. Yeah, I really hate that. With the kids, stay out of closets. <laughs> kids, don't have twins. <laughs> okay. Last. <clears throat> last one okay walking home in a forest at night with a friend at like 2 a.m parentheses <laughs> don't even ask i wasn't gonna <laughs> we were about 14 we were having a good time talking etc when out of nowhere our friend shows up and starts talking to us our friend started chatting with us and I felt a really strong sense of euphoria. This friend knew both of our names and things that happened to me before I moved into the country. Then he was just gone and we both collapsed physically exhausted. It was then that we realized we had never met this friend. It was we the one way man. <laughs> the forest one way man. <sighs> We were still 10 kilometers from town and another two kilometers from our campsite. We just laid there for so long recovering. I never actually properly saw my friend, quotation friend. I just kind of knew he was with us and I can't recall his voice either. All I remember is him asking to take us to his house. Just turn left. My real friend luckily had the sense to not let me go. That left turn led to this unfenced lookout with like a five meter drop to rocks. Ooh, he was trying to make her a ghost too. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if I had listened. Scary shit. Oh my God. When I was thinking that while you were talking about them being like really exhausted afterwards, I was like, oh my God, it's an energy vampire. Yeah, it sounds like it was like some sort of like spirit that like was draining their energy, but wanted them to just like go walk off the cliffs and die. Ugh. I, mean, terrifying. I feel like we've and known it, people like that before. <laughs> 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 it makes me think of our trip to Big Bear. We reference this a lot <laughs> on yes. this podcast, but it was a very eventful trip. Yeah, that whole time happened. we kept thinking like somebody else was there. Mm -hmm. Like that there was a sixth person that was supposed to be with us. Yes. Like we'd set out an extra chair or we'd like have to count heads twice because we're like, no, we're all here. Why does it feel like someone's missing? Yes, it really did feel like that. That's interesting. Maybe there, I mean, maybe there was a ghost. Maybe there was. I mean, if everybody's feeling a weird energy, then mm -hmm. how? who are you to say that that's not a paranormal experience? Yep. It could exactly. totally be. That's, that's crazy. That last one got me. 
Yeah. The last one freaked me out. I've had, I've never seen a ghost. I've never been like, that is a ghost, whatever. And I've never had a specifically defined paranormal experience, but I've had experiences where, because I'm not necessarily, I'm, a, I'm very much a skeptic, but I've had experience where I'm like, this is, this is something I cannot explain. Like a lot of like synchronicity things or strange sounds or like strange feelings in particular, like just something giving you, which I always just attribute to being, having anxiety, <laughs> but yeah something giving you a feeling of just absolute dread. Like I have to get out of here right now. Mm -hmm. I've had that. I've had that. I've had two ghost experiences. <gasps> really? Okay. So my first one took place on my second house on base. Okay. And which apparently base housing is notorious for being haunted. Okay. I, when Joe got out of the military, I left like a bunch of the different military pages, but I stayed on the like Camp Pendleton ghosts ones. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, I, now that I no longer live on base, I want to read all about the ghost experiences. But I was one day I was home and it was just me and I was getting ready to get in the shower and I heard the front door slam shut. And so I was like, Joe home early. That's weird. So I walk out, I'm like, hello? I'm like, maybe it's maintenance. I didn't put a request in, but like I've heard of them just walking into people's houses before. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I like look out, I did the stupid white person thing where they're just like, <laughs> hello, like thinking that whatever's there is just gonna be nice and friendly. Um, and so I kind of walked, the front door was still locked, like all the doors were like open or shut, like as they should have been. Cause then I was like, okay, well, what did Walt slam shut? Cause he likes to do that sometimes. And I just, I could not find anything out of place except I had left the gas stove on. <gasps> a ghost was telling you to turn it off. Huh? I think the ghost slammed a door or made a loud bang noise so that I would go investigate and then see, Oh shoot. Before I get in the shower, I had to turn this gas stove off because I had cooked with the skillet, cast iron skillet, and I was heating off any excess water. And I had, so it would have set off the alarm. Yes. Or, you know, started a fire. So it was a chill ghost. That's very helpful. I was like, yeah, that was probably like halfway through living there and then like never really had any other experiences outside of that there. So. I said thank you as I went back to my shower. That's probably why you didn't have any more experiences. They were yeah. just like, she was really nice. She wasn't really that upset about it. And then my second one was at the Whaley House in San Diego, which is yeah. super haunted, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, has a ghost dog. Didn't see the ghost dog. Uh, but it. we, Joe and I were looking in a room and we both heard a very distinct knock. And I turned to look and then I was like, did you hear that? And he said, yeah. And I was like, it was a knock, right? And he said, yeah. And it came from a closet under the stairs. And I asked the woman who works at the Whaley house, I was like, can you open that door for me? <laughs> and she did. And there was nothing in there that like would have made a knocking noise. Like it wasn't like a bang or like something falling. It was like somebody knocked on the door. Oh my gosh. So, did you have did you have permanent heebies? I did. I how mean, many, we how many mimosas did it take to recover? <laughs> I did go have a margarita after. So okay. that tracks. <laughs> My sister was there for that one, and she was very upset that I experienced it. And she didn't. So How dare you? What's up? 
Sarah. What's up? That's the ultimate little sister thing is to be mad that somebody saw a ghost. <laughs> you guys, she knows my- I didn't get to see a ghost. I came all the way to San Diego and I didn't see a ghost. <laughs> so that ends the ghost segment. Would you like to wrap it up with one more goblin? I do. And this one is an actual goblin story. Okay. Maybe. Um, Maybe. (laughs) We'll get to it. So uh, let's have a little fun supernatural romp. So uh, we're going to head on over to 1930s Spain. So the Palazon family suddenly start hearing male voices, screams, and laughter coming from their wood-burning stove. Of those three things, which is the most horrifying to you? Was the stove on? Uh, I think it just was happening all the time. But just Uh, in general, between male voices, screams, and laughter, which of the three do you hate the most? I think laughter. Right? Laughter is the creepiest. Yeah, because it just it's out of place. Like you don't laugh. How dare you laugh? Fitting for a situation mm-hmm. is terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So uh it's coming from their wood burning stove. They live in an apartment. They live on the second floor of an apartment, and there is a shared chimney from everyone's stove. So that that is relevant to the story. It goes up to the roof. There's no access to the top of the chimney from the roof. Also relevant. Um, so they do a little like boop, 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 boop investigation. And they talk to their neighbors and people who have had guests over and stuff. And it leads to absolutely nothing. They have no idea. So uh, there's no explanation for why the stove is talking to them. So it is decided that they have a stove goblin. Obviously clear answer. What on earth else could it be? (laughs) And what do you do when you have a stove goblin, Jennifer? You call the cops. Okay. Oh, I was going to say a priest, but... I mean, sometimes yes, but usually it's it's the cops. Apparently in Spain, they are cop heavy. They All like right. it. So uh, they the police surprisingly took the matter very seriously. And after I'm assuming nothing else happened in this town. <laughs> and after <laughs> like yeah, yes, after weeks of carrying on entire conversations with the goblin and even evacuating the building. Uh, to make sure that there was no one like somehow stealing away into the chimney and fooling them. They hadn't been able to reach a single conclusion. This was the cops. The cops were talking to the goblin frequently. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was said that the goblin spoke incessantly. <laughs> oh my God. Further proof that goblins are just children. Um, eventually. It, all- <laughs> it, it, was, it was Olive. Sweet girl. My goblin. She's just got a lot of feelings, you know? She's got a lot to get out right now. She has knowledge, and she doesn't know that knowledge can be given out over time. She assumes that if you know something, everyone must know right now. And I think that's how this goblin felt also. So he would taunt them, um, but he would also just, like, answer questions. Like, he was just kind of there to chat. Um, Eventually, the governor grew very tired of all the crowds and attention and the failed police investigation. So he issued his own conclusion. He said that the maid, Pasquala, had been making the voice and it appeared to be through what he called unconscious ventriloquism. (laughs) Uh, Pasquala, as you'd imagine, was very surprised to find out that she had unconscious ventriloquism, particularly because the voice often appeared while she was not present. 
Huh. Yes. Yeah. Classic patriarchy. Yeah, it sounds about right. She returned to her home village, uh, which is another way of saying she lost her job. And eventually the goblin voice did stop, though later tenants have said that they have heard paranormal voices as well. The building was knocked down in the 1970s, but there is a plaque on the new building in its place that reads Edificio Duande or Goblin Building. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, so unconscious ventriloquism. Huh. Which there, there was, so they never arrested her because there was literally not a single scrap of evidence. So they could not have arrested or tried her or anything yeah. like that, even if they wanted to. But I think what it came down to, so people would crowd around this house like crazy because it was just everywhere. So it was also reported in like the London Times and stuff where they had like daily reports on it. This went on for... Uh, I think it was like September to like January or something like that. So it wasn't years. It was just months. But during that period of time, people were crowded around like crazy. Everybody's going nuts for this goblin because it just talked constantly. And it would talk to everybody. It wasn't like it picked one guy. <laughs> it was just it was just talking to literally every single person and just like like taunting people, laughing, you know, all sorts of stuff. And uh, but yeah, they never found out what exactly it was. And they never came up with an actual Outside of the governor's stupid blaming of Pasquala, they never came up with a good explanation as to what happened. And it's just kind of one of those, huh. like, we don't know, we don't care, out of sight, out of mind type of things. I would like Unsolved Mysteries to do an episode so I can gen solve the mystery. Yes. That's the new <laughs> the new gen solve mysteries. What happened to the goblin stove? We got, do we have stove goblins? <laughs> But yeah, man. Uh, poor Pasquale. I'm gonna blame that next time something weird happens. I'm just gonna like be like, it's the it's hair goblin, <laughs> un unconscious ventriloquism. That's the funniest part of the whole thing to me is that the governor, yes. and because so the governor wrote this whole thing about like what happened, and he even said like unconscious ventriloquism, and then he gave like a definition of it, like it's a thing that's existed before, <laughs> which is totally a thing he made up. But he was just so like, I'm so sick of hearing about this stupid freaking stove goblin who doesn't like me. So uh, I have to hate the on truth it. comes out. This guy sounded like a douche. But yeah, that's a that was my final story. And that was uh, poor, poor Pasquala. I feel bad for her. She lost her job over it. Yeah. She didn't do anything wrong. It was probably some kid doing a prank and then she lost her job and they were like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Or maybe they just <laughs> wanted her to get fired. Or maybe they did want to. Maybe they didn't like her. Well, shall we go down Citation Street? I think so. I think we could do that. Uh, you started out, so you you go. Okay. Uh, Mr. One Way I got from the 13th TV. There is, I believe it's in this um, link for a video of an apparition <gasps> getting onto Space Mountain that some believe is Mr. One Way. Ooh. Uh, along with other ghosts of Disneyland. Mark Twain's ghost writer story was from Connecticut Magazine. And the Flying Dutchman was Marine Insight Maritime History. Ooh. Crescent Hotel. I got pretty much everything from their website um, and then a little bit from the Encyclopedia of Arkansas to get what exactly made up the uh, the cancer cure. But yep, that was pretty much their website has the entire history 
And then, like I said, they cover all the ghost stories and people can like write in onto the blog, their own experiences and share their photos. That's so um, cool. That's so and fun. then, the, yeah, it's it, like it pretty much they have their own separate website for the ghost portion of it. Like you, you're on their main website and then you click the ghost tours and it takes you to the, like, it's still run by the hotel, but it's like all about the ghost. <laughs> That's ghost just good marketing. Went, yeah. Ghost hunters went there and apparently got a full body apparition. I think of Michael, I forgot to include that, but. Ooh. Um, and then the ghost stories at the end were from thought catalog. Um, like the real true scary stories or the creepiest paranormal experiences people have had. Um, if you're ever in the mood for a good, good little spooky read, the creepy catalog goat, like true ghost stories. There's some on camping. Those ones yeah, really going to work for me. <laughs> they, Cause they're not ghost related. They're like related to like with the real, like just creepy things. Yeah. As an avid camper, I camping stories scare the absolute <laughs> life out of me because the worst thing you can ever see when you are camping is another person. Yeah. So those ones are real spooky just, but yeah. Okay. So uh, for the origin of goblins, I got that from mythology.net for goblin sharks. I got my info from the national geographic and oceana.org websites um, on the subject of hobgoblins from Britannica and Wikipedia and the, uh, Goblin Valley State Park rock push douchebags. I got that from Salt Lake Tribune and an NBC news article and from the goblin haunted stove. I got that from Atlas Obscura and mental floss. So, uh, if you want to, uh, give us some spooky stories or if you've seen a ghost or a goblin or you have some cool paranormal stories i would absolutely love to read it and if it's a good story we will probably read it at the beginning of our next episode because that would be mm -hmm. really fun um yeah. so you can or send we'll share it mm -hmm. on our instagram yes. yes if it's a shorter one yeah so uh if you would like to share that with us please send that along. Or if you've, if you are, or have been on a ghost ship, if you're on a ghost ship right now, you could also send that to us. Um, if you, uh, are currently at Disney and you are haunted, that's also a welcome story. Yes. Disneyland ghost stories share. Oh my God. Jen will use... pee her pants publicly. If you send her a Disney <laughs> ghost story, if you have used a Bee Gees board, <laughs> Share that story. Oh, my headphones fell off. <laughs> you're so good at those. Um, I'm going to send you that link and you're going to lose your freaking mind. But anyway, if you want to send us your ghost story, um, please uh, send it along to weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM it to us uh, whenever you want at weirdflexpodcast on the Instagrams. Um, please, the best way to help us grow and support us and help us get more listeners because we do this because we love it is to share and let people know and give pod recommendations. Um, we really appreciate it. Every time you guys share us on like your Instagram or you let somebody says, oh, I heard about your pod from somebody like that is so exciting to us. So please share us. We love doing this. We want to keep doing it for a really long time. If you know any famous people, tell them to promote our podcast. <laughs> We're racking our brains. Do we know any famous people? Turns out we don't. So, <laughs> but yeah. Right. 
That was a well, good we will one, see yeah. you all next week then. Yeah, and have a, a very uh, spooky and safe Halloween. Um, whether you go out or you don't, whatever you do, please be safe and, you know, just scare the crap out of each other. Yeah, you can buy candy at a store. Turns out you can do that year round. If you don't want to go anywhere, you can still get super shwasted on candy and listen to some ghost stories and have a really good time. So, all right. See you next Happy time. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.